James, I need you to be a professional right now, please. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Friends Who Like Stuff Top 5. I'm John. And I'm James. Each week, we'll look at a different topic and share our top fives of that topic. Why are we doing this, James? Because lists are cool. And this week, the third chair is being filled by our dear friend who also likes stuff. Steven. Steven. Why? Why won't you call me? Sorry. We should probably cut that whole thing. That's a little <laughs> bit of Kesha for St- Steven's favorite music it's a, artist. It's a good one. Not not my yeah. favorite, but always a fun time. So, Steven, we are so chuffed to have you back on the show. In fact, we are chuffed to even still have a show. I'm pretty excited to be back. I think it's been three months to the day. It's been a minute. It, it has been a little bit of a minute. Um, we've we've taken a short break, short hiatus. Uh, some live things were happening, and now we're coming back better than ever, but more focused uh, and only doing our top fives. How do you feel about that, Stephen? Uh, I think it's good. I mean, hopefully we can, um, I guess, record anything we want to. Um, but I like the focus on top five lists and things like that going forward. Um, it'll make it a little more streamlined and I'm sure it'll take a little bit off of James' plate to edit. So that's always good. So this week we're sharing our top five movie adaptations. So for the list, that means in a movie with an original source, that's not like simply a script or a screenplay. It wasn't written to be a movie. It could be a book, a game, a TV show, pretty much anything. As long as that medium was not specifically for a movie before it became a movie. So what about another movie? Like The Magnificent Seven is an adaptation of Seven Samurai. I think that's totally fair. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair game. As long so let me rephrase that. An adaptation a movie adaptation is a movie based on something other than itself or its own script. That works. Just a, just a retelling of a story. Or an original story based on some other thing. Media. Yeah. Yeah. Works. Yeah. Steven? So my number five is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, I will admit, I don't think it was the greatest of movies, but taking the kids to see it this last summer or spring, whatever it was that came out, um, was super fun. The movie's really silly. It has a ton of really fun Easter eggs, like all throughout it. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a fun adaptation of a video game that I think almost everyone alive right now has probably heard of. Uh, it was, yeah, just, just a lot of fun and a, and a fun take. Dude, I'm with you. Uh, it, it really, really was one great big Easter egg hunt and I was there for it. So, um, for my number five, I'm going to go with, and just for clarification, I really attempted to go with only movie adaptations that I had also read or seen or whatever the original source. It didn't have to be first, but I I wanted to make sure that I knew both sources of uh, content from those materials. So um, the first one that I'm going to start with is, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? 
Mm. Loosely based on a loose adaptation of <laughs> The Odyssey. Yeah. Such a good movie. Um, really does a good job of showing the hero's journey uh, in The Odyssey. That's Odysseus. In Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, that's Ulysses Everett McGill or George Clooney's character. And embarking on this epic journey. Um obviously a little less epic seeming than than the book the odyssey um but there is the cyclops you know he they both mm-hmm. of them have the cyclops yeah john goodman i know it i loved how easy it was to tell um each character and that's one that i saw the movie before i read the book and so it was fun going back the opposite way because i mean i'm i'm sure it would have been just as hilarious going that way but going backwards it almost made me more interested in reading the book which was cool then you had the sirens um you had the um the lotus eaters Mm -hmm. you had um the journey home so trying to get home to uh, his wife and daughter and then um just the basic themes all throughout don't forget the oracle Oh yeah, the Oracle, and then just like the the role of like fate in in the book and the movie, right? And what it did for pop the mainstream popularity of bluegrass music cannot be understated. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, James. Yep. So that's that's my number five. Oh brother, where art thou? So my number five is also a, a Coen Brothers movie. Um, I, I really felt like I needed a uh, Cormac McCarthy book on the list and uh, I didn't love all the pretty horses. The road was good, but it had its issues. The sunset limited is absolutely fabulous, but I really needed to give it to no country for old men. And I, I do think it's just about impossible for the Coen brothers to make a bad movie. They have a style, whether it's one of their dark comedies or their dark thrillers, you can really tell a Coen film from both their dialogue and the way they frame the shots. Um, mm-hmm. And they deserve every accolade that they've received for this film, the same as, as O Brother. So I have never read the book, but I think that I will soon. I, I just loved the movie. And uh, it's a movie that gave us Javier Bardem uh, as, as the creepiest, one of the creepiest villains ever. Uh, that uh-huh. cattle punch, uh, the cattle punch is now one of the most notorious murder weapons ever. Uh, Josh Brolin is hunting antelope. Javier Bardem is hunting Josh Brolin, and Tommy Lee Jones is hunting Javier Bardem. Uh, it's nuts and it's great. And uh, like O Brother, talk about the the role of fate in in this story. Um, and how awesome is it that we get Two Face and Thanos in one movie? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no country. Steven. That is a good one. All right. Uh, My number four is also a very recent one, but that is the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Um, Again, it was just (laughs) like a a super fun, turn your brain off, watch a silly story. Um, I assume the story was pretty original for the movie, but it does pull off a lot of... Uh, different just character tropes and and like the I guess kind of the character tropes that are classically assigned to 
the D&D classes. Um, so, but yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Again, really silly. Um, lots of lots of action. Lots of CG. Like there's there's giant creatures. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens. Um, it's it's kind of a heist movie, kind of an adventure movie. Um, uh, yeah, just again a lot of fun. That was that was such a fun movie. Uh, another Easter egg hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was, it was also fun to have like the leading man be a bard. I mean, like of all the classes <laughs> to have Chris Pine be, he was a bard and not, you know, not a fighter Torkel. or a rogue or yeah. Torkel would have been great, but I don't know that they could afford him. <laughs> so since you said that one, uh, I was, I don't know where, so I didn't know how to list my five because I, I went with, ones that I tried to do the original mm-hmm. version of. Like I tried to confine it to that. And so these aren't necessarily all my favorite movies Same. or even my favorite movie adaptations, but they are my favorite out of the the ones that I had seen the source material for as well. Yeah. I, I put one, the same rule on myself. I, I thought yeah. it made it more, more fun that way. It does. It does. My number four, I'm just, I'd be, because I don't know where it falls on the list, so I'm just going to say it because you said that one, is Clue. Hmm. Using all of the classic characters from the game Clue and based on the same premise, a murder, um, where they don't know where it happened, they don't know uh, who did it, they don't know with what, sort of. They have to go through and sol- through the mystery and solve the murder. And the cool thing about it is, as we've mentioned on earlier podcasts, depending on where and when you saw the movie, you may have seen a different uh, ending. And just like the game can have many different endings. So there were a lot of different parallels there and a really fun adaptation of a board game. I think we can unequivocally say it is the best movie adaptation of a board game. You didn't like Battleship? Crap, I forgot about that one. Is Ouija a board game? It's definitely uh, a board. Does and Jumanji it's a movie count? based on it? Ooh, Jumanji does count. It's not based right? on a board game. It's about a board game. Yeah, and the uh, board game is based on the movie. No, then it so doesn't. It came out second. Yeah. So Battleship's the only one that I can think of that's like that. Aren't all movies based on the game of life? <laughs> I think there. I read something recently about another game coming out, and I can't remember what it is. Or another movie coming out from a game it's probably monopoly oh, starring uh, Steve another Harvey. sorry to interrupt but another movie uh coming out that's an adaptation of a video game stray yeah i saw that news. yeah that's great i saw that today too isn't that kind of neat it really is i'll watch it loved the yeah. game i really really hope they don't make the cat talk at all <sighs> oh no they surely they won't you know what I think they already made an adaptation of, of... I think Stray is an adaptation of a different movie that was an adaptation of a musical. <laughs> okay, so my number made four... 10,000 times better because they cut all of the cat dialogue out <laughs> and they got rid of all the weird human dancing stuff. Got rid of humans. Can and we get... We, and there you go. Can we get an adaptation <laughs> of Untitled Goose Game next? <laughs> it's just chaos. Or it's goat, just feathers and flying everywhere. 
All right, so I went into my number four with no real re- real expectations. Like I again, I'd never read the book, but I had read the synopsis a long time ago, and I'd watched another adaptation of it uh, almost thirty years prior that I absolutely loved. And while I adore Tim Curry's turn as Pennywise the Dancing Clown, I decided to be strict in this aspect and not include what is technically a miniseries. So my number four is It Chapter One. Came out during the heyday of kids on bike stories set in the 80s. And I was so pleasantly surprised at how good it was. After it was over, I immediately messaged the old man about it. And we, we had a quick back and forth. Every child actor was perfectly cast and acted beyond their years. Bill Skarsgård was a freaking revelation as Pennywise. He was charming when he needed to be, but always creepy and at times just outright scary. And whenever I first saw a picture of the man that was going to be Pennywise, because I loved it growing up. I was, I was a little bit skeptical and I stayed skeptical up until the movie came out. Yeah, I'd seen some of the trailers and it looked decent enough, but actually watching the movie and watching his portrayal of Pennywise, he owned it. And, uh, just like the 1990 movie miniseries, whatever, uh, this book did take some liberties, but they worked. Um, chapter two is also pretty good, but I could watch chapter one all the time. It chapter one. Loved it. I mean, it had to be on your list, right? You still think, you know, my number one or number two? I do. Okay. I do. <laughs> all right, Stephen, go for it. All right. My number three comes from my childhood. So this movie was based on a book uh, that came out, I think when I was in junior high. It was the first book that I was that I ever like heard about and then knew that our library was going to get a copy at school, put myself on the wait list so that I could get the book as soon as it became available to me. I think I was like third or fourth on the wait list. So I had to wait a few weeks after our library got it. But um, Twilight, I, I no, uh, that came out a little later, um, but I had never just been excited about a new book coming out but also like as a kid i don't know that most kids keep up with like book releases so you know but but anyway they they came to our library they they read us a little excerpt of the book um it was really fun Uh, i really enjoyed the story that it was telling and so like i said i got on the wait list for the book and and read it as soon as and as fast as i could i think i read it through two or three times during the the two or three weeks that I had it checked out and it was fantastic. Um, And then what I'll have to say for the movie and why I enjoy it so much is that the couple times that I've seen it, I have never been able to find anything in the book that wasn't in the movie or anything in the movie that wasn't in the book. I think it's one of the best, like true, almost word for word adaptations. The, the, the layout of the story and the way it tells the story is the same. All the details are the same. Um, everything is, is really, really on point. Um, now it is a kid's book, so that's a little easier to do. Um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and say the name of the book in the movie, but it is holes starring Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Um, the movie I was trying to figure out. it out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie came out not too long after the book. Um, Shia LaBeouf was still pretty young. Um, and yeah, the, the only detail that they changed, um, and this was kind of on purpose, was Shia LaBeouf's character's weight. Um, so in the book, he starts out like pretty, pretty chubby, pretty hefty. He lives kind of a sedentary life. And in in the book, by the end of it, he is like really skinny and even fit because he digs holes all day for however long he's at the the little juvenile jail or prison. Uh, or I guess we'll call it a correctional facility. Um, but I don't remember if it was the director or the producer or the writer or whatever, but they made a decision to not try to do anything with Shia LaBeouf's weight just because that would be unhealthy. So they just let him be whatever weight he was throughout the entire shooting of the movie, which I thought was responsible adult of them. So but anyway, uh, ton of fun. Loved the book, loved the movie. Um, I can't say it's like a favorite movie, but clearly it's a favorite adaptation of ones where I've witnessed the source material. So good time. Rock on. All right. I was going to choose, I was going to say, preface this pick by saying I'm going to choose one that I hadn't read the original source material, but I'm not going to go against my own rules. So my number three (laughs) is going to be the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Or sorry, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right? Is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the original name of the, the movie? No, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the book. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is the Gene Wilder movie. Charlie okay. and the Chocolate yeah, Factory yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah, yeah. the new okay. Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, got it. Well, not the And then Wonka is the, the one that's coming out at yeah. the end of the year. So that is my favorite one. Um, I will say the book is more macabre. By that, I mean in the book, the, the kids are dead. Like the kids die. Yeah. And in the movie, it's not really shown after, but you, you kind of have the assumption that they probably live because they're just, you know, taking off. Right. Roald Dahl was kind of twisted. He was. Yeah. And this was a book that I read when I was younger. So like it, I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? But it was still a good book and still a good movie. The more recent movie, while I did enjoy it, I felt like I couldn't compare it as as much. Even like there are things that still happen. It's just it's different than I had imagined it, probably because I I saw the movie so quickly after reading the book mm. that I couldn't get into it. So I'm excited to see if Wonka is a little bit closer to if if I can get past the the Gene Wilder version of all the pictures in my head whenever I see things. You know, it's gonna be tough, man. I know it. So that is my number three. If you have not read that one, it's a, it's a pretty good one for before bed. If you want to have some weird dreams. Okay. But, but your number three is Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. Yes. Okay. Yes. Willy Wonka and the chocolate. Yes. Okay. The Gene Wilder version. Yeah. Great. Uh, So before the hunger games and Fortnite, there was a sign in manga. And before the manga, there was a book. And uh, the the first volume of the manga and the movie came out in the same year. I'm not really sure which was first, but it doesn't matter because the movie Battle Royale was adapted from the book and not the manga. Anyway, though I have actually read the manga, I have not read the book. I need to. I heard it's good. So uh, I'm three for three or 0 for three. 
So it's about a. Have y'all ever heard of Battle Royale? No, not at all. Uh, it is. It is the movie that everybody claims Hunger Games ripped off. It, it's about a class of junior high schoolers who were chosen by lottery to compete in a battle to the death on an island. And they just thought that they were on a field trip until uh, they were gassed on the bus and woke up with little devices around their necks, which we quickly find out are bombs. And it gets demonstrated before the competition even begins. Uh, in, in short order, w- one of the bombs goes off, kills a kid. Each student is given a bag, as their name is called, and they exit the room. They go out into the island, and each bag has some supplies, including a weapon which could be anything from a frying pan to an Uzi. It is brutally graphic as a movie, which of course garnered a ton of controversy when it came out. It, the, it released in Japan in 2000. And so I think by today's standards, while it's still not tame, it's not as graphic as a lot of more recent movies. However, the subject matter still gets me. Kids Killing Kids is a tough pill to swallow. And it's it's almost like the death of Piggy from the Lord of the Flies movie. Or for the whole movie. And they do a good job of making you feel for most of the students, even the ones who embraced the game with gusto. I remember reading about it a little over 20 years ago um, and that the U.S. release wasn't in the works, that, that, that it wasn't going to be coming anytime soon. But that didn't stop me during the golden age of LimeWire. And as soon as it was available, I downloaded it and watched it in all its violent glory on my little laptop screen. It it did eventually have a U.S. release, and I did get the DVD. And uh, it definitely left an impact on me. And even for one as morbid as I am, I can only watch it once every few years. Right, that wasn't the one that I selected for you. So we're getting we're getting close to the end now. I hope not because y'all's picks aren't any good, but just because I, I haven't heard the one that I picked for each of you on on your list yet, and I'm getting nervous now. Well, you said it was going to be one or two. Yeah, I, you're right, but it would have been nice and safe to have it in the three through five range. I guess. All right, Stephen, uh, make John feel a little bit better. I'm going to continue to disappoint here. So uh, this is one I definitely read the book after seeing the movie, but I've still read slash watched both. But this one is uh, is Moneyball. Yeah, I got it. Uh, I did yeah. it. I did it, everybody. I got one. This one. That's um, pretty good. I mean, it's a top three all-time movie just by itself for me. So the fact that it is also an adaptation of a book and I have read the book uh, just means that it kind of automatically went on this list. So um, I've talked about the movie a lot in other episodes of this podcast. I won't go into it a ton, but um, yeah, I just, I really love the movie, really love the book. Um, The movie does tell the story a little bit differently than the book, but I don't think either are necessarily better than the other. They just have some different uh, different details and they tell the story in a little bit of a different order in some places, but they get the main, all the major themes and plot points and everything. They're all, they all track between the two. So but yeah, Moneyball, number two. Nice. Are there actual themes and plot points in Moneyball? 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things in Moneyball, okay, James? Like, like money, money and balls? Like, like, yeah, like... <laughs> money and... I mean, what else do you need, I guess? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> you need to cut that. Uh, all right. So, on my list at number two... I can't get away from a list, it seems, without having a little bit of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And I really could say multiple movies on may, maybe on this list. Maybe I'd have two or three. No, probably just two. Um, but the one that I'm going to specifically choose was cinematically just a marvel at the time. It looked fantastic. It was probably the most CGI that they had had so far and they did it really well while mixing in a a lot of practical effects. I think the third one is probably the real Kickstarter into uh, the more modern or the later movies, but number four, Goblet of Fire. Called it. Are you serious? Yes. Specifically Goblet of Fire? Yes. Oh man. It really did a good job of telling the story, pushing the narrative, opening up the world because now you're seeing international wizardry and it looked really good. There were dragons and ghosts <laughs> and mermaids. I'm not saying the mermaids were what I would have thought whenever I was reading the book, but it still did a good job. And, and the so, Quidditch World Cup. I know it. Fantastic. Opening up international wizardry. There you go. Yeah, I I actually thought it was going to be your number one. But yeah, Goblet of Fire Ooh. was uh, the one that I had on, on my list for you. Uh, all right. So when I was in middle school, I went to a play with my family because one of my brother's best friends was in it. I had no idea what it was or was about, and I wasn't thrilled at being dragged along. But it didn't take long for me to get into the story and the characters. And by the end of... One flew over the cuckoo's nest. I was convinced it was one of the greatest stories ever told. So when I found out that it was also a movie, I watched it as soon as I could. I loved it, and it remains my favorite Jack Nicholson role. He plays R.P. McMurphy. It all takes place in a psych hospital, and the residents are all watched over by Nurse Ratchet who is definitely the villain of the story, but even now I'm unsure how much of a villain she actually really is. Uh, McMurphy is a party animal and a troublemaker, and he brings the other residents into his world, including a giant mute Native American that he just calls Chief. Uh, The movie has several very well-known actors in some of their earliest roles. Christopher Lloyd is so young, and Danny DeVito is almost unrecognizable as Martini. And even though the movie is 50 some odd years old, I don't want to give too much away because it's something that should be experienced. And this is also based on a book. The play came out a year after the book was published. I haven't read the book, but I saw the play. So does that count? Yeah. <laughs> like, I uh, guess. I don't know. So don't it was... Know what- was one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh, on your list for me, John? It wasn't. Didn't think so. It wasn't. Steven, we're up to number one. This is it. Number one. Uh, so my number one is another book I read as a kid. It may have been in high school, like early high school. Um, but it is 
I mean, it's number one on my list. So it is my favorite combination of source material plus its movie adaptation. So all the movies I've listed before, the movies are great. A lot of the source material is great, but this one's probably my favorite if we're talking about both of them being really, really high on my list. Um, so I will say the, the book is better than the movie in this case, but I think both are amazing. Um, the movie probably had to leave some stuff out for the sake of time, um, but I do think it still captured the heart of the book really well. But uh, it's one that... Um, would probably make me cry if I read it today or watched the movie today, but probably more so the book. Um, and it's one that I had to fight to hold back tears the first time I read it. And it is um, it's where the red fern grows. That's it is, so good. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic book. Um, if you haven't read it or seen the movie, I recommend both. Um, I would actually say watch the movie and then read the book in that order if I were going to recommend it um, just because the movie can kind of set the stage. And then the book is actually, like I said, just a little bit better. It has some better details about how he, how he learned to, you know, train the dogs to hunt and, and all of that. It's, it's just, it's just an amazing story, but a really sad um, at the end. So just a warning. Oh, mm-hmm. That one, that one gets me more than old yeller. Oh, yeah. It's way better than Old Yeller, and Old Yeller's pretty good. All right, here we go, boys. Number one. So there are a bunch of movies made from skits, and there's one show that really makes a bunch of skits and turns those into movies. Um, My number one isn't any of those. I was just trying to throw you off. Uh, for those listening at home and those that I'm talking to right now. Um, no, I'm going to be more, I'm going to be way more predictable and just say how much I love exposition, how much I love world building, how much I love the first movie in a series. And I'm throwing you off again because it's not really Harry Potter again. It is Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, no, you didn't throw me off. That's where I went. Until you said the first uh, movie in a series, I would not have put Fellowship ahead of Return of the King. I loved Fellowship. I loved the world. Like, it's always about world building for me. And if you can build a real, not a realistic world, sorry, a world that I can fall into, then I'm I'm all in. Take me wherever you want once you build the story. Once you do a good job of building the world. Okay. No, that's respectable. At one point, I could quote the entire movie, not the extended version, though. Are you serious? I could. Early high school. And then me and a couple friends uh, recorded a our recreation of uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and it was almost line for line, and it was so long. It was so long, in fact, that I'm pretty sure that's what broke that camera. <laughs> These are your Hamlet friends? Uh, yeah, Macbeth. Macbeth, but yes, that's right. Yes, that's how we started. And then the group Fountains of Lame and all of our lip sync videos. We called ourselves that because the first song we did was Stacy's Mom. Gotcha. I mean, okay. That is yeah. pretty lame. You know what? We got literally hundreds of views on YouTube whenever YouTube was still relatively new. And so all I'm saying is... That's pr- that seems like it's pretty popular Bam, yeah. for good job whenever internet was still dial up. Good job. Hey, uh, so what do you think my number one is, John? 
I don't I don't want to say it and then be wrong now. But I'm going to say I'm still going to say it. I I if my my problem with it is I think it would be on your list, but I don't know if the movie would be on your list. Because if this was just adaptations, I'd say Lee Miz. Okay, so that's what I thought you were going to say. Uh-huh. Um my number 1 is an adaption an adaptation of a stage musical. But it is not based on a book. Uh, sort of. It's Dang. it's adapted from some stories from Solomon Rabinovich, oh. better known as Sholem Alechem. Uh, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not. And I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, if the name of the author wasn't enough to clue you in, it is a story of a man and his family. His wife, Golda. His three daughters, Seitel, Hodel, and Chava. And Tradition! And it is, of course, filler on the roof. Tevye is such a well-written character who is relatable even though the culture is completely foreign to me. It is a heartbreaking story in multiple facets, but it's also one of hope. And the music is just unbelievably incredible. And that bottle dance scene during the, the wedding celebration, one of my favorite moments of any movie ever, uh, or, or on stage. It is a wonderful movie. It is a wonderful musical. It's just all around wonderful. L'chaim. Now, to your guest, John, Les Mis is definitely up there. It is my favorite musical. But you were correct that the movie itself was not enough to, to be my favorite at it. Uh, make my adaptation list. I did not love it that much. I loved parts of it. But on the whole, it's, it's just it's just fine it's good i know it that's the i yeah i once i we got to number one and i actually had to think about it critically and think is this going to be correct like put some put some sweat behind it you know i realized that's probably not it but that's okay i got one out of two (laughs) uh how about any honorable mentions uh yeah i have several um so with my list, I also tried to stay away from comic book stuff in general. That's just kind of low-hanging fruit for any MCU, DC, uh, formerly Fox, X-Men type properties, all that good stuff. So any of those, um, I'd probably put them in my honorable mentions just because they're a lot of fun. Um, another one book when I was a kid that we went and saw the movie as a class was James and the Giant Peach. Really enjoyed that one. Another Roald Dahl. Yep. In that movie, I learned. Uh, all right, I read the the word "damn" because it does curse, mm-hmm. and I didn't read it correct. I didn't realize that was like the pronunciation because I don't remember. Like there was no association between how it was spelt and what I've heard, like what I may have heard as as a third grader, and so I read it as "damn." <laughs> And I read it like that for a long time until I realized, oh, that's that's that word. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, another one that I enjoyed, it is not a good movie, but I had a lot of fun in it, is The Pest with John Leguizamo. <laughs> it is based on the short story, The Most Dangerous Game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then some of the classics, West Side Story, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and then I had a bunch of honorable mentions for things that I have not actually taken in the source material. So anything James Bond, anything Tom Clancy, Jurassic Park, The Lion King, a lot of that stuff. I will admit um, mostly ashamedly that I have not read a lot of books 
but I am reading more and more as I get older. So maybe that's good. There you go. Yeah. Those are my honorable mentions. At least the ones I wrote down anyway. So I'm with you. I, I didn't want to do comic book stuff, but I did do some graphic novel stuff because that's an actual story that was told and it was take, the story was adapted, not just the characters. So V for Vendetta, tank girl, uh, a couple of uh, really great graphic novels turned into movies that I love. Tank Girl, uh, I mean, it's it's objectively not a good movie, but I loved it. Ran from Akira Kurosawa. It's uh, taken from King Lear. Old Boy is another graphic novel. And the 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 South Korean one, not the uh, not not the new one with Josh Brolin. And also The Green Mile. And I actually added the green mile while we were recording and I thought of it, it probably would have taken the place of it because I, I loved, I did read those books because they came out in installments and in like five chapter installments once a week or something like that. And I loved it in the movie also. So good. John, how about you? I had a couple, uh, honorable mentions. Um, for example, National Treasure, great movie based on uh, the Constitution. It, ba- well, based on ins- yeah, inspiration from from various uh, facts <laughs> of life. It's a literary and historical adventure, <laughs> and it's adapted from historical documents and artifacts. Okay, I'm going. I'm going. The most basic thing that we said at the very beginning. How about Gone in 60 Seconds? Another uh, movie based on a, a different movie from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, there was The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Takes, you know, inspiration and an adaptation of the the same uh, skit in Fantasia. There is um, Leaving Las Vegas, which is an actual like even by name adaptation of the book and probably I'd probably, I, I know we had kind of said historical documents may not, may or may not count, but there's another one based on uh, kind of the life adaptation uh, called wind talkers. And it's a world war two adaptation. I do like wind talkers. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I haven't watched it since the theater. Mm-hmm. So those are probably, those are those are some ones that I pulled out that you may not have thought of as adaptations, but they are. I guess. And that's life. <laughs> so, real quick before we sign off, you you have to name a friend who likes stuff that's not here and tell me what their movie would be on here. And go. Steven, you're up. Uh, I'm going to use one that we talked about the other day, and I'm going to say Josh and Jurassic Park. That's a good one. I'm going to say Josh and Paddington 2. Ooh. So What's that based on? Is it a book? Is, that's it's, a book, right? It's, no, it's, it's, well, it's, it's books, yes. Okay. Little uh, children's books and uh, uh, plush toy. I was. Did you know I was trying to guess one for Scott, and I don't think that I could? If TV shows could work, I would say Arcane. That's an easy one. But they we're talking movies. Though, yeah, we're talking, I know. We're talking, talking movies. movies. We're talking movies. I was going to say thanks for joining us, Steven, but you kind of ruined the, the show. So I'm just kidding. Thanks for joining us, Steven. 
I can leave whenever. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, we want you to. We want you back on the show. I'll think about it. You promise? Maybe. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Friends Who Like Stuff Top Fives. I tried to say it with the same emphasis that I said it in the uh, the intro. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us go on about our favorite movie adaptations. Let us know what your favorites are and uh, what we have left off of our lists and why you're mad at us. We're happy with us. Uh, we, we're, we're honestly okay with either. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and threads. And you can also email us at fwlspod at gmail.com. And you can watch us every Thursday evening on Twitch as well. Friends who like stuff. Join us next time as we dive into a new list with another friend or two. And until then, keep exploring and enjoying the stuff you're passionate about. Thanks for being a friend who likes stuff. Bye. Yeah, I'm really hoping you're going to cut all of that, by the way, because none of it was none of it was real. I was going to say frick just for everybody who is listening right now and heard me say frick. <laughs>